Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, and he went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. He replied, but get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Just as Paul came in contact with the living Christ, these people too have come in contact with the living Christ. Their details may be different, the gifts may be different, but the result is always the same. And that is, Jesus will change your life. And these are their encounters. Can you hear me? I got you. All righty. Well, folks, it looks like we got Nick Van on the line to share his testimony with us. How are you, my brother? I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I'm blessed. Doing well. Doing well. You staying busy? Uh, we're trying to. Trying to trying to keep a schedule together. That's right. Well, uh, let's just jump right into it. What? Uh, tell us a little about a little bit about yourself, and uh, you know what life's like. What what you're all about, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Um, simple life. Got a wife uh, and two kiddos. Uh, I'm a police officer for the city of Forney at this time. Been doing that for, uh, well, ever since I was 21. And uh, we just do do life like everybody else does. Goes ups and downs and and uh, try to hang in there. Yeah. Is uh, being a police officer something you want, I've always wanted to do? It is, uh, man, it is not something I've always wanted to do. Um, it was something that uh, I really feel that probably the Lord opened up doors for me and I never really saw it. Um, and really even to this day are seeing doors open that I never would have thought would have been open to me. But no, as a little boy or and growing up, I've never, ever, ever dreamed about being police officer. I'll be dang in that funny. <laughs> it is, it is. And it's something that, you know, you get to the point where you want to do something else other than what the Lord has called you to do. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm thankful that the Lord won't allow me to do that sometimes. Yeah, amen. How how uh how is it you're you're convinced that uh, it's what the Lord wants you to do as opposed to something else? Well, I spent uh, I spent 12 years at a police department in Dallas, Garland Police Department, and um, uh, we lost our son three years ago, and kind of opened some doors to go out and go fly and be a pilot which kind of, that's what I've always wanted to do. And I started to pursue that and all of a sudden doors started closing and, uh, you know, we can get emotional sometimes and, uh, kind of think that there's doors open, but they're really not, if that makes sense. And, um, so we start flying and doors start closing and all of a sudden doors start opening again in the police department and you start finding peace in those things. And you really don't, really don't want to go back, especially in today's time, man. It's, it's hard to, Hard to be police, hard to be public servant, but uh, you know when the Lord calls you to do something, He gives you the strength and the right mind, and uh, you know He takes care of you. Amen, amen. I I've kind of noticed the same thing in my own life, where like when Paul talks about 
having a door that was open to him, uh, you know, a grace that had been given to be able to do a certain thing. It, uh, it seems like, sure. it seems like, uh, you know, areas like that have opened up in my own life. So I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. It's, it's hard because some, and we can use ministry as an example, because there's a lot of people that are in ministry that can honestly go make a lot more money and have a lot more easier schedule and really, truthfully not have to deal with all the stuff that they have to deal with people but you know god's called them into that ministry and um you know it, it you look at it and it truly is a blessing because he walks with you in it it's better to walk with him than than without it because you got that peace and that comfort and that security yeah 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 but it's still a hard it's the guy that carried still the- a hard thing. go ahead no i was just saying it's still a hard thing to do because sometimes you just don't want to you want to go do something else that's more you know, that could be cooler or, you know, that would that ultimately be prideful than what the Lord wants you to do. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, it, that was reminding me of uh, who's the guy that uh, carried the cross all over the place and uh, put a wheel on it and was carrying it through all the different countries. I remember seeing something that I don't recall his uh, name. Yeah, he was telling a story about about being in one of those war torn uh-huh. countries and uh, was had his son with him. And the night before, they were about to cross the border and had been told, "Don't go over there because yeah. they're going to kill you if you go over there." And and uh, he had one of those come to Jesus moments and and was praying and realized that it's safer to walk with the Lord, uh, you know, through His will than it is to be outside. You of know, the it field. is, and it's it's you know especially in my line of work, we see, we see tragedy all the time. We see death a lot of the times and it kind of reverting back to what we're talking about. When the Lord's got you in a spot, you know, there's things in life that are bigger than we are. You know, growing up, I heard a lot of times that the Lord will not put something on your plate that's bigger than you. Well, that's, that's, that's a falsehood. That's a lie. And we know that God won't put anything on you that he can't handle. Right. And there, and there always be situations in our life pretty much every day, in my opinion, that's bigger than us. You take the breath that we breathe, and you know, like the song says, it's it, it's his breath that we breathe. God, you know, uh, in Genesis, it says that God gives us that breath. Um, he breathes life into us. So that's bigger than we are. Um, and when we get to those points in life and we think, God, how are we going to get through this? I'll tell you, it's a lot better to be and walk with God than it is without him because you can't get through it, especially when you see tragedy every day. And, and I, 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 it reminds me of Stephen uh, in the Bible when he begins to, to preach and proclaim God's word and they begin to stone him. At that moment, it's easier for Stephen to back out and say, you know what, I, I, I don't agree with what y'all say. And you know what? I kind of will be quiet and I'll go on about my life and live my life in peace for me. But that's not what God called him to do. And if he was to back out without that comfort or or, or that peace that Stephen had that nobody else understands, that's peace that surpasses all understanding. then Stephen would not have been able to stand there and be stoned to death. And Stephen would not have been able to say the things that he said. And Stephen would not have been able to look up into heaven and see the sun standing at the right hand. And a lot of times we fall short of seeing God's glory because we either get cowered down or we just feel really overwhelmed and we want to take control and not let God take control, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does for sure. So, uh, 
Well, why don't we just back up and, and uh, go to the point to where you actually yeah. found that piece to be able to walk in these places. Uh, just kind of give us a little bit of background and then let uh, us yeah. know how Yeah, so I was raised down. in church. Uh, my parents took me to church every Sunday, um, heard the gospel. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd had my three, four, five, maybe six moments where I raised my hand and had my uh, fuzzy feeling and, uh, you know, wanted to get saved. But, you know, no man can come unto the Father lest he be called. Um, so I, I never really accepted Christ. There was really no life change other than the life change that I wanted to present people. So I guess to say that I lived a lot of my life as a master manipulator was, uh, is true. Um, so I was, uh, in a church and I was very faithful to that church as far as the attendance and, you know, to do what's right, um, we as Christians can put on a facade very easy, and I was an expert at that. Um, so it got to an opportunity that I was able or asked to Sunday school class. And me being as prideful as I am, uh, of course, why would I turn that down, right? I can be a leader over other people and kind of put my thumb on them. And so I was a, a teacher of a Sunday school class for, man, I'm going to tell you five, six, maybe seven years. And, uh, Man, sorry, I was, uh, you know, I tell people how to get to heaven, but I wouldn't take it myself. And uh, there was, a, there was right. a young boy named J.P. McDaniels, and he was dying of leukemia. And uh, we went to go visit him. I was real close with a pastor, like a second dad. That's how well I could put on a facade. And this pastor's no, no dummy. Um, and I'd go with him to Children's Hospital to visit this young boy really a, a man he's a bigger man than i'll ever be and uh you'd always hear the stories that he would pray for the other kids and never pray for himself he would just you know god's will be done in my life and he meant that and uh i was at his funeral on uh, on july on excuse me june the 15th and uh you know i was sitting on the stage in my honor guard uniform because he loved the police and you know it's just what we did his dad was a fireman and, uh, you know, invitation was given and I just really felt that the Lord was calling me almost for the last time. I don't want to say it was because God's gracious in his time, but it really in my heart, it was like, this is it. I got to do it. I got to, got to drop my pride. And, uh, I don't care who it, who it upsets because I, you know, I've been lying, lying to my parents, lying to the church, lying to the pastor, lying to the Sunday school people. And, uh, you know, what would people think? Kind of the same thing everybody else would go into. And, uh, anyways, that, that that day I gave my life over the Lord and uh, it changed me forever. And uh, it doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes today, but uh, you know, Lord's carried uh, me and my family through a lot of, a lot of things as well as he has everybody else. But uh, if I didn't have that strength, I really wouldn't have any understanding of, of where the Lord has got direction in our life at. So that's kind of, kind of it in a nutshell, if you will. So a question I have is, is leading up, Leading up to that point, uh, you knew in your heart that that things wasn't right and and the Holy Spirit was working upon you uh, to make it right. Is yeah, that absolutely. I've, you know, I've always been told if you raise the, if you raise your hand, and of course, I was raised Baptist. Right. So it's kind of the old thing that if you raise your hand and you pray this prayer, repeat after me, then you'll be saved. Well, that's not the case. 
you know, nowhere in Scripture have I found, and I'm not a scholar here, nowhere in Scripture have I found that it says if you raise your, church, your hand in a church, you'll be saved. I have found that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Heavenly Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Heavenly Father. But I understand what the church is trying to do, trying to get that first step of faith, trying to get that, that accountability out there, right? And I, I don't fault that. But for me, it was almost to a point where I could slip through the cracks. Well, if I did just a specific action that the church asked me to do, but God didn't ask me to do, does that make sense? Just because somebody raises their hand in yeah. church, in a Baptist church, but doesn't come to the front, doesn't mean that they're not saved. Maybe, and I understand right. the, the step of faith, but I'm not. I'm not so quick anymore to judge somebody to the point where maybe they didn't go out on the porch, or maybe as soon as they walked out of those doors, that they didn't confess to somebody that they did get saved. Right? Nowhere in Scripture does it say I have to tell a pastor. Nowhere in Scripture does it has to say I have to tell an altar worker that I got saved. But you know what? My life is gonna change, and I am gonna confess Christ as my Lord. And um, I think in my situation, I was so wrapped up in doing the rituals of what we do and how we do it that I was so scared to really do it again because I've done it so many times, because I've lied so many times. You know, the, the third or fourth time my parents that I raised my hand and told them that I got saved, you know, I did it to make everybody feel good. And I look back on those times, it was because maybe I was in a hard time or between a rock and a hard spot. I wasn't doing the right thing. So if I get saved, quote unquote, and get right, well, maybe the heat will come off of me, you know, as, as a kid, as a young man. And uh, it really never was life changing. So I think that we can get into those rituals or maybe those practices that people don't understand or it puts people in a predicament where, they do feel judged instead of being loved. You know what? You came to the front eight times already and you can only get saved once. So what's different now than it was on the fifth time? Well, it very well could be different for that person. That very well could be the time that they actually accepted Christ to be their personal Lord and Savior. And we don't know that. That's not up to us to judge. You know, we, we're supposed to accept them with loving arms and, and, and love them like Christ has given, loved us and has given us how many chances. So, you know, it really it really comes to a point in we have to understand, I guess what I'm trying to say is we have to understand that God sees the heart, we don't. But a lot of times I try to find myself right. trying to see somebody's heart. And we can't see that. Because we don't know a person. Me and you both have been around people that that uh and I've been this person that has presented themselves to be somebody and really not that person. So people judge me on based on what they see rather than what my heart is. And that's the tough thing. But a lot of times I think where that that's where that grace where 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 God gives us that he talks about that we need to show other people. Um, we just give people the benefit of the doubt, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. It's uh and you know, it's there's a difference between somebody who 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 uh, you know maybe it's kind of like you said in a in a hard spot in life, and they and they you know they raise their hand. You got two different people. One they both raise their hand in church, but one sticks around church because they want to they want to put on that facade, and another one has raised their hand and doesn't stick around and kind of goes back out and lives in the world. 
but both of them still haven't come to that real, real contact right. with the Lord Jesus. And uh, but for the person who's still sticking around to hold up that facade, it's kind of a well, that's kind of it seems to be a pretty dangerous area because the people on the outside can't tell, and the and the, and that certain person there, you know, they the more that they lie to themselves the more they start to begin yep. to believe yep. no, the lie. I, I, you're, you're spot on because I did. There were a lot, of, a lot of nights and a lot of days that that's what I struggled with. Well, I raised my hand this many times. Well, I really did pray that prayer, but did I mean it? And and I did. I struggled with that a, a great deal that, you know, because I'd done an action um, that was I really saved. You know, I really doubted my salvation a lot of times. And in that, I did that for so long, even after I got saved. There was times in my life that it's like, well, or did you do it again? You know, but there was that peace that came behind that, 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 that said, no, you did it. And no, your life is different. And you begin to reflect on what the Lord is really doing in your life and what he's done in your life and the grace and the mercy that he's shown you and that he still shows us today, obviously. But I'm a true believer in, 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 I, I, I get so scared when somebody uh, a young man or, or even an older man comes up to me and says that they want to be a pastor or the Lord calls them into ministry. I get so scared at that because in order to be called into ministry, there's a lot of men and, and women that have gone through a lot of heartache. And in order for a pastor to stand in front of a congregation and say, you know, I sympathize with what you've been through. Sometimes those pastors, sometimes those youth youth directors, sometimes those Sunday school teachers, sometimes those altar workers, the Lord will allow things in their life so they can be a testimony. And it's a scary thing to be a Christian yeah. if we're really not 100% going to follow the Lord. You know, God's not something that we toy with because, you know, you just, you don't know what's coming in life. And... Um, you know, we all go through things in life that 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 really test our faith and, and how much we trust and how much we love the Lord. And it's definitely a reflection on what he's done for us. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so. What. You know, what was that? If you can identify, what was that? what was the straw that broke the camel's back for say that finally made you say, you know what, this is it. This is enough. I, I am going to actually do this. Uh, was it, was it the atmosphere at the funeral or was it? Uh, no, I, I was, I was actually scared to death tell? to be honest with you because I had lied to so many people, um, lied to the pastor who was like a second dad to me, um, lied to my wife, lied, you know, um, it was probably one of the scariest moments I had in my life because of pride. I didn't want to face reality. And I knew if I had raised my hand that I'd have to go to each one of these people and say, you know what? I've lied to you and I've done you wrong. And I really didn't want to do that at that moment, but it was just so overwhelming that the calling was so overwhelming that, you know, it, it, it it poured out more than that pride does. You know, uh, like John 3.30 says, he must increase and I must decrease. It was... 
that I have got to decrease in this and God has got to increase. It don't matter who I make upset. It doesn't matter who trusts me anymore because I, I made that bet. I got to lie in it, right? I've lied right. to so many people. There's no reason why they should trust me anymore. But you know what? I don't care about those people anymore. And I think a lot of times we as Christians, including myself, really care what people think about them. And that is nothing other than pride. And when we get so wrapped up to think about what people think about me or how I look or how I dress, that's nothing other than pride. And we all carry it every day, right? Because if you, you can say, well, I don't care about or I'm not prideful. Uh, I go to church to meet the Lord. Well, then I'll flip it on you and say, well, how long do you spend? Right. Are you coming to meet the Lord as how you are? And I'm not saying go filthy, right? I'm not saying don't take a shower and don't, don't get dressed up. But are you doing that to impress people? I know that we're to bring the Lord our best, right? But are we do it, fixing right. ourselves up so other people can say, oh, well, look what they wear or look what they're driving? Do we do that? Do we do it for the Lord? Are we preparing ourselves, our minds, our body uh, in the best that we have to meet the Lord? Are we preparing ourselves, minds, and body to go meet somebody else? Are we? Did we wash our car this week? Uh, so people can see us drive up in a in a fancy car, or do we wash our car this week so our family will have a a nice ride to go to church to meet the Lord? That they're not worried about anything else. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely does. So I think it's, that uh, was kind of when it hit for me. Having an audience of one standing and walking. So, so the so the Holy Spirit, he was just so overwhelming at the moment that uh, you kind of just put down your worry about what anybody else thought, and it was basically I care more about what you think absolutely, and I, and I than never what anybody that. else thinks. Um, in all the times before that, I had uh, you know a church experience. I'd never experienced um, releasing my pride. I never experienced of uh, of decreasing it myself. I just, you know, who, who wants to go to hell, right? So you just raise your hand and it saves you. Um, I said I had uh, on that day that um, that you know what? It was an emptying of me and a feeling of him. That I didn't walk out of there. And three days later that I was bad, not battling with what I battled with prior to that. It doesn't mean that. But it, I had a new strength and I had a new fight. Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Okay. Uh, I say that last. No, thing I'm sorry. It was kind of. A, I was saying that it was giving me a new strength, you know, because it wasn't that three days later that that I had to uh, didn't have to battle the same things. It was just that I had a, a a new strength and a new fight in me because of what the Lord has done in my life that I never experienced before. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so it's hope, completely totally different. You had the, hope. Uh, relationship was different. You know, don't matter what comes in your life, you had hope and um, you could get through it.
you know, that's a hard thing to explain to people uh, what that hope feels like. You know, a lot of people, they 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 want to put their faith or they want to, you know, they want to say they have hope in this or they have hope or hope because of this or because of that. But it's it's totally different when you have God himself dwelling within you and you know that that for eternity you're not going to be separated from him so really regardless, no, and it's even hard it it's, it's, it's super hard to say life. that and it's it's it, but it's even harder to live that you know to, to really trust the lord you know lord i want to be used by you i want to be i, I want to be i want to go out there and be a lighthouse for you it's it, it's you got to be careful what you say because the lord will hold you accountable for what you say and what you do and i've had those times in my life that it just you know not not understanding what I was praying, but, um, you know, there was a time that I prayed I wanted to be used by the Lord. Well, the Lord used me, just not in the way that I expected to be used. So, you know, we, we grow every day that we grow and we see the Lord. Uh, we know that the Lord is the same uh, yesterday, today and forever. But we find new new things out about the Lord as we study. We never stop growing in the Lord. And I think that's where that comes from. Yeah, amen. Uh, would you say that, uh, now obviously this is just our opinion, and I guess we'll kick it the can down the road, but would you would you say that, uh, you know, we're talking about the kind of a false conversion type thing or, or false profession type deal. Would you say that, that seems to be a, a big issue I would. in the church um, nowadays I, I or would in, in America? A lot, and I don't want to judge somebody's heart between us, between them and the Lord, but I say that I would because of what I'm about to say. I have been in the position where I've raised my hand in church. I've actually been in the position where I've repeated after the preacher. But my life has never changed. And I don't mean that I go around quoting scriptures all the time. And I, I go around, uh, you know, praying out loud all the time. But my demeanor, my actions, my attitude. Uh, the way that I look at things, the desires that I have are different. It doesn't mean that I don't struggle with what I used to struggle with. It means that I have more strength to fight that off. Now, we can give up and fall back into what we had, but that's us. That's not God. That's not, that's not him protecting us. We made the choice to step outside that umbrella. But in today in America, man, people will rave around, oh, well, God this, God that, uh, Jesus this, Jesus that. But you look at it and you look at the situations in their life and it's like Jesus is nowhere around here. You know, especially me being a police officer, you see somebody maybe in their lowest of lows. And you see them one day and it's like, well, the Lord's going to carry me through this. The Lord will get me through this. You know, I, I've been in church this long or I've been doing this. And it's like you want to give them the benefit of the doubt for, you know, or maybe a wrongdoing that they're doing and you you go away and you they're on your mind and you pray for them and you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and four days later they're doing the same thing with no regret they're doing the same thing with no conviction and i often wonder how that transcribes into what christ died for because christ died for that change we we're very uh yeah we're very mouthy in America today. We tell you what you want to hear. There's a lot of people in America today that are manipulators. And as long as it benefits me or keeps you off my back, 
I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. And I'm going to act a certain way to uphold that. And I think like we talked about earlier, that we do this so much that we begin to believe it ourselves. And we, we begin to accept it into society. I mean, look at what society is doing right now. Where in the world is Jesus Christ now? Where, why in the world is, is burning buildings or why in the world is uh, police officers' actions, why in the world uh, is race become this humongous problem? Well, I'll tell you, we've had this problem for how long? For a long time. But why did everybody become an expert on it? Right. When did that happen? Because right. we're waving around this First Amendment right saying, I have a freedom of speech, and I'll never take that away from somebody. But to say that one would be oppressed and your voice is to oppress another, I think is wrong. I think it's hypocritical. And it becomes to a point where we as Christians begin to see God's grace and we need to begin to express God's grace and his mercy that we may not understand what your mind is going through and we may not understand the culture or the diversity that you've lived in or what you've seen. But on the flip side of that, you can't tell me what I've been through and what I've seen. There is a 12-year-old boy, J.P. McDaniels, that has seen a lot more, has dealt with different things in his life, dying of leukemia, than I have experienced, right? God has taken him down that path. I can't speak on that path, but we can find common right. ground in what God has for each and every one of us, right? It doesn't mean that, that everybody has to go be police. It doesn't mean that everybody has to go be a fireman. It doesn't mean that everybody has to go be, you know, one specific thing. God's got our own wall, but we have to find common ground. And I think that that is God's love um, for everybody and we need to express that, but we don't need to be so cowardly that we're ignorant about it. If that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does for sure. It, uh, it, it goes back to that. I think it goes back to what you're talking about. Just, you know, kind of the arrogance. It, it seems like it's just the American way now that we, and we know how to fool and manipulate so well that it seems like that you once maybe used to be outside of um, quote unquote Christianity. And now it's kind of permeated on the inside. And uh, it, you know, it, it's kind of oh, starting even, to show. Even so it much seems more. like even inside have, the church We have house. lost total respect and, for humankind. I believe we, we have. And, and, what little we have left yeah. is really not respect at all. You know, if I don't like somebody, that doesn't mean that I have to go up and tell them that I don't like you. Or it doesn't mean that I have to go destroy their house or their property. That doesn't mean that. We never had to deal with that before. But we've been so vocal because really and truly there are no consequences. When me and you were growing up, if we didn't like each other or if we were in a schoolhouse, you know what? We... We would just duke it out, right? We'd fight it out and be done. And two days later, we were best friends. 
In today's right. time, you don't have that. We're a softer generation, right. and we're a softer people. And I think a lot of it is because we have misconstrued what God's love is. You know, and I think about the time that, that when Jesus Christ, when he went to the temple and saw what they were doing, all the money changers and all the, the sales and all the things that were going on in the temple. And the Lord went in there and started and squared things up because he had been telling them, you know, look, this is not right. And we've got to understand that when Christ comes back, the first place that he's going to judge is the church. And we're going to be the ones that are held accountable. I can't, I can't be held accountable for right. somebody else's actions. But I can't be over on the side doing hidden things or doing things that aren't right and trying to act a certain way and then condemn the world for acting the way that they act. But at least they're just open in the, in, in the, in the stupidity that they do. But we, we as Christians are still trying to hide behind something and still trying to hide things that we're ashamed of. And I think that's where our weakness comes from because we know we have skeletons in the closet. Yeah. Instead of getting rid of those and, and, and letting and walking with Christ, we still carry those things. We're no different than what I explained earlier when I was struggling with, with, with salvation, that there's no difference in me worrying about what people think then than it is now. It just becomes a burden that weighs us down now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got to be transparent, and we got to let people know it. You know, yeah. we we are we are flesh and blood human beings also, and and uh, man, I mean, we struggle with whatever you name it. It may not be the same for me as it is for you, but but you know, we we all we. It's like you know, it reminds me of uh, the scriptures say that that the prophet. Uh, was it Elijah that was of the same passions as we are? He struggled with the same sort of stuff, but God worked mightily through him. Right. And, and, and even the Lord came in the flesh and was tempted in every way. You know, and, and that's the type of, you know, it, putting forth Christ to somebody who hasn't put their trust. Look, Jesus was a man. God in the flesh, but he was a man and he had to endure and embrace the suck yeah. that we are in here on this earth. And, uh, you know, I mean, he had loved ones that died and he wept and he, you know, I mean, even to the point to where he was, you know, I mean, he, he embraced the flesh to the point to where he was mocked and scourged and beaten unrecognizable. And uh, I think people really need, I think people nowadays, especially like you said, especially nowadays, they need, they need to understand that the God who is calling them has Absolutely. also walked where Absolutely. they Absolutely, and we don't understand those things. But like you said, you know, we all go through our different battles. It doesn't mean that, that your battle is any more or any less than somebody else's battle. And people need to understand that because, you know, my family has been through a loss of a child, but that doesn't mean that I'm the only family that's been through that, right? I hope to God and pray to God that nobody ever has to go through that. But it doesn't mean that that struggle is any more or any less than somebody else's struggle. And we can't get so wrapped up in our mind as Christians. Oh, well, I've been through more than you've been through. Or I've seen more than you've seen through. Well, at that point in time, what are you doing? You're trying to put yourself above 
somebody else. And I think where Proverbs becomes to say that uh, uh, pride comes before destruction. Well, everything that you have built up in Christ, all of a sudden you begin to raise yourself to a higher standard because of a a a time period or what we would call maybe a, a trial or a storm that God has allowed us to go through that God intended for a blessing became a curse now. So it's it's very right. hard because we're very judgmental and it's and it's yeah. hard for me. That's one of my struggles because you know we 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 lost our 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 son three years ago and that was a hard time. And it still is a hard thing to swallow, but it makes God has carried me through that to, to the understanding of this. That struggle is no more different than somebody else's struggle. Because here's the, here's here's the reason I say that, because the God that carries me through that struggle is the same God that's carrying someone else through their problems, the same strength that God gave me is the same strength God gives them. There's no difference in the struggle. Yeah, we would all say, well, somebody that's, you know, dealing with addiction, that's a lesser of the two of someone that's lost a loved one. Well, is it? It may be in your life, but somebody that's dealing, a parent that's dealing with a kid that's addicted, that's headed to death, tell me how that's, that's like. You know, it's you get to the point where we begin to play this tit for tat. Well, my my burdens are heavier than your burdens. Well, let's go back to what the Bible says. What does the Lord say about the burdens that he makes on us? Well, if we're following him, they are light and the same strength that he gives us. He he he, he is not saying, OK, well, Nick, I'm giving you more strength than I'm giving Colby or Colby. I'm giving you more grace than I'm giving Nick. We can't start weighing our problems and we can't start weighing our sin against other people. Yep. <laughs> yeah, then we become unwise, yeah. as as, uh, as Paul says at the beginning of uh, Romans. Yeah. Comparing ourselves amongst ourselves. Uh, it, it, I always get this picture in my mind when I think of this same type of thing. It's, uh, you know, like a flight of stairs and, uh, you know, two people on the flight of stairs. Neither one of them have gotten to the top. But the one who's, uh, uh, you know, two or three steps ahead looks down at the one behind him and has pride. But he hasn't reached the top either. They both, you know, <laughs> no, they're both on good. the staircase. No, I get it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> no. You get what I'm saying? It just makes it makes no sense at all. You know, neither one of us deserve grace, uh, but God's given it to us. And, and neither one of us deserve to have come in contact with the Lord Jesus. But but he's called us uh, and we got to remember that salvation originated with God and it's going to end in God. And it's going to go back and glorify him. And uh, yeah, it's it's just that, you know, obviously the enemy has done a really good job of getting us blindly yeah, it's, to turn it's, back. To and pride. it's so easy, so easy. I give you that story of J.P. McDaniels, and 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 now that I'm in the position of having lost a, a small a, a child, um, I often wonder what his parents were thinking, you know, that day that that uh, that he passed away, and because we do, we question. We're human beings, and we always question why. God, why do you allow this? 
especially in today in America, we say, God, what, what are you doing? Why are you allowing America to get like this? Or why don't you intervene? Or why don't you come back? You know, we're always asking why. And uh, I don't say this very lightly at all anymore, but, you know, if it wasn't for J.P. McDaniel's life, I don't know where I would be. And, uh, you know, for his parents to understand that is huge. And especially when we lost our son, the first thing, and I have to be honest, the first thing uh, that I thought of is if this was for somebody's salvation, and, and excuse me for what I'm about to say, but if this was for somebody's salvation, then screw them. Because I had lost a, a, my child, and they have their own choice. Why should my child have to have to die because for somebody else? And two things came into my mind immediately. One is the obvious. Well, what did, what did Jesus Christ do for you, right? God sent his only son to die for me that I may recognize. But that wasn't enough for me. It took another 12-year-old boy, J.P. McDaniels, to die. He didn't pay for my sins, but he opened my eyes. And at our son's funeral, that was one of the things that I struggled with, was pride, was is this all for one person? Jesus said that he'll leave the 99 for that one. We don't know what the road has brought. We, we've been praying for numerous people. And, uh, you know, during the funeral, you know, my wife's dad gets saved. And uh, his name was the first name that, that came to my mind when I thought that evil thought of, you know, if this is for somebody, salvation and screw them, right? And his name was the first name that came to my mind for whatever reason. But right. he was one of the ones that got saved at Grady's funeral. Is it worth it today? Yeah, three years later, I can sit here on the phone with you talking about this and say, you know what? I miss my son, but it's worth seeing my father-in-law in the heaven. It's worth it to my wife. And, uh, you know, it's, it's still tough to say, but I can't imagine the weight that God put to see his son who was perfect on the cross for so many and for us to take it so light and for us to still be so prideful and carry and conduct ourselves every day like we still do. You know, that's hard. That's hard. And you see the things that, that, that we got to see through the death of our son, the people that were saved, the emotional experiences, the, the things that God brought light into that. And I think it's just a picture of what we do every day of what Christ has done for us, what good Jesus Christ brought to us. We as Christians put put our conduct and the things that we do in a bottle and say, oh, well, this is all that God said we can do. We can't go outside of this bottle when, in fact, if we truly understand the Bible, God gives us so many things that we can do. Paul says that I'm free to all things, but all things don't edify. I can do anything I want, but not everything edifies. Right. So we get to the argument now, especially especially like when we're talking about in, in police work and how how this relates back to it. Uh, the big debate now is marijuana, right? How does that how does that edify what God has done? And the biggest thing that I hear from people that I speak with is, well, if God didn't want it. He wouldn't have put it on the earth. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> the coca leaf that we get cocaine from, did God intend that plant to be used for you to get high on? 
No, because the Bible says that we're to be of sober mind, right? God didn't create pornography. So I go back to right. what Paul says. I'm free to all things. I can do these things, but they don't all edify what, I, what, what, what I'm supposed to be doing. So we, we can't take what this world is doing and try to twist it and fit it into our own little life. So, so edifying so is, is, is basically the word glory to God. Because we talked about pride for a while earlier, that he must increase, I must decrease. I may, I've got I've, I've to set God higher than me. He's got to be number one in my life. So edifying is, is just that. What am I doing? Everything that we do in everyday situation has got to glorify, has got to bring more light, has got to has got to bring God more honor than what we did the, the day before. We always want to strive to lift him up more than us. So, for instance, if I'm not a sober mind, if I go out to party, if I go out to the bar and I go drinking, am I edifying Christ? No, I'm not. What I'm doing is I am doing a selfish thing because I want to. Well, I had a tough week, so I get to do this. Well, you increased and Christ decreased. That's contrary to what the what scripture says. Yeah, and that's 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 what I like to call big boy Christianity because uh that's where you you just take right. a hit and you learn to put the flesh oh. in its place and uh it takes a long time to really I, I wouldn't say master but it takes a long time to first be aware of and then secondly yeah to, absolutely uh, to really it's a, begin it's to try to implement struggle. and walk in yeah and uh, you know like you said the things that the lord allows us to walk in or lets us walk in you know i think Obviously, he with the mind of the, the mind that he has, he knows what it is that's going to get us closer right. into the or, you know, more formed into the image of Christ. Uh, you know, and for for you, it, it may have well have been not just for a salvation, but to, uh, you know, to form you more to make you more malleable. And I guess to, you know, to be able to look at others with more grace and uh you know, the things that I've been through, the things I went through as a child and, and the things that my wife went through as a child. And, uh, you know, like you said, everything that the Lord walks each and every one of us through, the differences are differences, but uh, the outcome and God's yeah. desire is the same. Yeah. It's for us to be conformed yeah. to the image of his son. So so what, what would you say since... since uh, since you began walking with the Lord, has it has it been kind of an even road, or has it been an uphill struggle? Uh, the way or, that I describe it is this, and it's probably contrary what? to what most people in the church would say. It's how you look at it. So a lot of people say once you become a Christian, it's going to get tougher. Well, yes and no, because it's going to get tough as you kill yourself, not like physically, but spiritually. And then allowing God to fill you back up. That's tough. But just like you were talking about the things that you've been through in life, the things that your wife, me, 
the everybody, what we've been through in life. I think it's really how you use those to glorify God. Because understand that God doesn't put anything in our lives. Nothing, nothing comes into our lives that God doesn't allow. Right. Nothing, nothing catches God by surprise. We may not. We don't like it. We don't understand it. We may not agree with it. But what's it for? So how I look at it is. What is God doing now? God, I don't like this. I don't I don't like where you got me. I don't I you know, I we talked about this earlier. I struggled with going back to police work. God, I don't want to do that. And I struggle with that till to this day. God, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to do this. You see the time period. I've got a family. I, I you know, what can I do? And every time I try to get away, God puts you right there. He gives you that peace. He gives you those things. It, it, it's when we use this and look at situations, what lens are we looking at through? Looking at it through. Are we looking at it through our own lens? Or are we looking at trying to find out what Christ is doing in our lives? That's how I look at it. I'm not going to say that it's been easier because I don't think it has, but I'm not going to say it's tougher because there are times that it has been easier and there's times that it has been tougher. Um, it's tougher in a sense that used to, I could do this in this situation, Lord, before I knew you or before I could profess your name, I could take care of this my own. And it's tougher in a sense, what would Christ do in this situation? But it's easier in a sense to now look at a situation and say, God, what are you doing here? Why are you carrying me through this? Why are we going down this path? And really recognize what's going on and how it's going to affect my life, uh, how it's going to affect other people's lives, how it's going to affect the situation that I'm in, or where he's going with it. It's all really, in my opinion, how you look at what you're going through. Because, sure, we go through situations every day that we can say, oh, this was a struggle. Yeah, amen. Well, was it a struggle to grow? I mean, if you lift weights, if you're going to go up in weights, don't you have to put more weight on it? to get stronger it's the same thing with christ you to get stronger in the lord you've got to be able to experience things see knowledge and wisdom is two different things i can have knowledge of something but not be wise about it in order for us to get wisdom a lot of times the lord allows things in our life that we go through as a police officer i can't i can go to uh, an, an addiction clinic and talk about the effects of methamphetamine right what the textbook says I've never done methamphetamine. And the people will hear what I say. They have knowledge of what I say. But it's different than somebody that has walked that same path. That it says, you know what? I've dealt with this addiction. I've been down the road that you've been. You know, there's a difference in me talking to those people and somebody that's been down that road. They've got wisdom in that area. And they can speak more light into that area. Where I can just speak about the knowledge that I have in that area. Does that make sense? We're not, we're not experts in everything. God carries you. God carries yeah. me through different yeah, life aspects. And we can't handle everybody's problem. It's our job to point them to somebody that can. We all love people so much, and we all want to see people do good. We all want to see right. people come to Christ. We all want to see that. But we can be just as much as a stumbling block as a stepping stone, even when we're trying to help somebody. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah, knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom is the ability to wield the knowledge in a skillful way. And uh and uh like you said, it, it, if you walk in that struggle, not only do you have the knowledge, that's obvious, but you have the wisdom to help somebody else down that path because you, you uh, know you've what's already well, you know what's coming. fell and stumbled down that path yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, hey, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you sharing with us. Yeah, no doubt. And in your words... Uh, just to close this out, in your words, why, you know, why should somebody consider Christ? Well, there's so many ways, but the thing that I can tell you is this, and you're not going to understand it. You know, when we were little, our parents say, you won't understand this until you get older. You know, you, uh, most of us have heard that. I will tell you this. For no other reason than Jesus Christ dying on that cross to save, save you, to save me from our sins. If we really understand the totality of that, I don't think there's any other direction that you can go to other than to the cross. That 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 peace that surpasses all understanding, because we've got to understand that whether you're saved or whether you're lost, there's trials going to come in our lives. There's things that are going to come in our lives that are bigger than us. But I will tell you this. If you walk with Christ through salvation, he gives you that peace and you don't have to go look for it in cocaine. You don't have to go look for it in the bottom of an alcohol bottle. You don't have to go substitute things for that because God gives you that strength and that peace. Now you got to let him give it to you because there's a lot of times that, Oh God, you said this, but your life and you're not allowing God to pour into you. You can't pray for more wisdom and better understanding of God's word and not be in the Bible. The same thing with coming to Christ is this. I can't say I want Christ, but live a different way. But I can't want Christ just for the fire insurance either. I've got to generally, truly know what Christ has done for me and what he's going to do for me. If that, that's my opinion on it. No, that's good. That's good. Well, Nick, I appreciate everything, man. And again, I thank you for your time. And uh, Amen. I pray it blesses somebody. Well, thank out you there. for having me and sure love you. Right. Sounds no good. Problem, man. My Be brother. Careful. I love you too. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you in a little while. Bye bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Judge for yourselves whether these things be true or not. If you want to get in contact with us and share your own testimony, catch us on Facebook at Reflecting Christ Podcast. If you don't have a testimony of coming in contact with Jesus, it's about time you do. Until next time, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might.